welcome to Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and how to act in a cursed and refined manner, but much less about that. Here's your hosts, Neil and Chris. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legends, the podcast exploring right deep down into urban myths and legends, and with a little bit, but not too much, of etiquette training for you all in these troubling times. Uh, I am Saucy Vaudeville Act, uh, Bunny Von Tool, and with me, as always, is uh, the future King of Zamunda. Uh, Ras Pazuzu. <laughs> Literally known as Neil Herbert. Neil Herbert is that your is that your uh, English English version that's, of your that's name? The, that's that's broad English translation. You know, oh, okay, isn't really I, quite. I understand that you've come over here because you want to find yourself uh, an English wife. Is that is that correct? Well, these are, there are rumours to that effect, but I can't. You know, I can't let you into the royal circle and let you know what's what. There, there may be many reasons I'm. Yeah. I'm such as as trade trade mission, bit of that. Yeah, what what are you what you what you got on the table? What you got on the table? Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm keen to see in this post Brexit economy. What's what you know? I'm going to get a bit of bit of trade opportunity going on. I think it'll be a great opportunity for our two great nations to be able to. Uh, have you got many truck drivers in Zamunda that we could borrow? We've got we've got upwards of a dozen, and I tell you what, oh, that's, right. that's really starting it. You see those um, those little Garfield toys that you sort of cling onto yeah, our window, the suckers, yeah. yeah, world leading exporter of those. Wow, uh, I had to get into, I've heard that um, Matt was it Matt Groening who did Garfield. I heard uh, that Jim Davis actually. Jim Davis. Oh, Matt Groening's a Yeah, he's Simpsons. We got in really early. Um, uh, got a great deal. Yeah, yeah, he were. Okay. I, yeah, I heard he liked using <laughs> using uh, unconventional uh, logistical avenues for creating his goods to maximise profitability. Would that be Would that be fair to say? He likes money. I'll say that much. <laughs> Big fan of money. Big fan of money. Well, who um, is it, Sire? Well, I mean, I don't. I kind of obviously don't carry money. Just, you know, someone does that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do they have a Do they have a title like what wallet, wallet master of the wallet or something? Wallet purser. Wallet purser. <laughs> Slightly tautologous, you might argue, but you know, tradition is tradition. Well, uh, well, I'm a big, big uh, fan of tradition. Um is in, in the lovely country of of uh, Britain. Big fans of tradition. That's what I like about this country. Absolutely. Um, respect your monarchy. You just, Oh yeah, you know your betters and hundred uh, mm-hmm. percent your place. Yep, keep. The, keep. I like the, the bowing and the scraping that you're currently doing in front of me. That's that's pleasing to my eye. Well, no worries. I know. Um, I know what's you know my. I know what's my bread's buttered on. Being the ancestor of Irish labourers <laughs> on um, on Irish soil, which wasn't theirs, of course. You can see that in your potato-like visage. Yeah. <laughs> Spud mug. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, well, thank you, thank you very much for um, appearing on appearing on my my humble 
podcast this week. Uh, are you a fan of the unusual? I think you know I am. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of wanting to uncover the uh, the uncanny. Is it true that in that. in your palace you have several uh, yetis in a petting zoo? Is that true? I heard I heard that rumor on the internet. There's a lot of things in our petting zoo <laughs> that you won't see elsewhere. I'll say them all than that. Okay. Well, I don't want to delve too deeply there. Um, Turn too quickly from that kind of questioning. <laughs> okay, so you're um, to kill the cat <laughs> or stupid potato man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't so, need a tug anymore, do we? <laughs> um, so uh, I and I'm sure you don't need this because of uh, your breeding, but um, I am going to give some tips of things not to do when in India, the country. This is presumably for your listeners, yeah. That's, that's for my listeners, not for you, obviously, sire. Um, if anyone's going to be teaching anyone etiquette here, it's going to be me. Yeah, at the, at the end of a... Th- oh, so I wouldn't get that. At I the end the, of a thick rod. Let's get coached. <laughs> go out. Go out to the streets. Um, so... On his book of the brats. <laughs> Apparently we use. Well, it's, uh, it's well known globally. Um... So, don't outright decline an invitation or request. When it's necessary to be assertive and say no in some situations in India, doing so to decline an invitation or request could be considered disrespectful. This is because it's important to avoid making a person look or feel bad. God, that's a tough gig. <laughs> Never make anyone feel bad. They're going to see the lie in my face, I think. <laughs> This differs from the Western view where saying no is simply being upfront and not giving false expectations of commitment. Instead of saying no or I can't directly, adopt the Indian way of replying by giving an evasive answer such as I'll try or maybe or it may be possible. I'll I'll see what I can do or put it in the maybe pile. Actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise what unconsciously I'm I'm very much on the the Indian method of politeness. Yeah. I'm not good at straight no's. I'll probably be there. Everyone now knows means. Yeah, it's really very, very upsetting. Um, So here's another one: don't expect people to be punctual. There is time, and there is Indian standard time or Indian stretchable time. In the West, it's considered rude to be late, and anything more than ten minutes requires a phone call. In India, the concept of time is flexible. Oh, that's uh, that's Buddhism for you. (laughs) Technically incorrect. People are unlikely to turn up when they say, well, 10 minutes can mean half an hour, half an hour can mean an hour, an hour can mean indefinitely. <sighs> Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> well, I think I'll be making a plant in India. Well, no, well, that's the thing is, it depends on what you Do you want to go doing. for a coffee? Yeah, I'll be there in an hour. And then... Well, exactly. So I won't bother to expect you then. Yeah, I mean, if if you're somewhere, it's like... I think this really depends on what the situation is, doesn't it? Because, I mean, obviously, it's... what. Yeah, exactly. I mean... No, if it's like, let's say there's loads of... Give it 10 more minutes. Rosacea, then. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get this body in the ground, it's rotting. It's fucking weak. Probably two, yeah. (laughs) Or or cremated, probably, would be more the... um, The the, the, The new way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, um, well, this is the the reason I'm sort of punctual, and I've been sort of... I generally do tend to be punctual, but sometimes you you are sort of like a bit late or whatever... Um, so you're trying to let people know it's just because if somebody's waiting for you or you arrange to meet at a restaurant or something like that it can't really be 
rocking up two hours late. Well, apparently you can. If there's a group of people, it's the thing is as well. If it's like, a party or something, one other person, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's a party, I think that's fine. You'd be in a couple of hours late. That's like you know, be there from around nine or whatever, and it'll carry on to whenever. Then yeah, just sort of turn up when you feel like it. No, nine, nine, nine on the dot. Yeah, well, you know, but you don't want that either. Do you? you don't want everyone turning up exactly on time? It's nice when you sort of people sort of come in. I've forgotten what parties are like, so I can tell you. No, I was going to say you've been using so long. Um, but but uh, no, if you're sort of like meeting someone else for a coffee, say, you don't. Yeah, you don't well, really that's a, them's the rules, way. Neil. Don't don't go for coffee in India. Would be all I'd tell you. you well, know? it's probably not. It's probably not part of the tradition because that's obviously it wouldn't work, would it? No, probably not. Maybe you're, you maybe you're never 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 meeting up in groups of less than five. Who knows? I don't know. So I've got <laughs> I've got two more because uh, we're we're on a roll here. Um, good to know if I do ever get invited out for a coffee. Yeah, don't get really... Take a book with me and don't and have low expectations about punctuality. Or them turning up at all. Yeah. So, uh, don't expect people to respect your personal space. Overcrowding and scarcity of resources leads to a lot of pushing and shoving in India. If there's a line, people will certainly try and jump it. Makes oh. British people mad, doesn't it? To prevent this from happening, those who are in line will commonly stand so close to each other that they're touching. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. And that, and that brings... It can feel unnerving at first. But it's necessary to prevent people from cutting in. I disagree that that's necessary to prevent people cutting in. What you do is when someone comes to cut in, you just say, fuck off and push them away. Well, if you're... Rather, yeah, rather than... <laughs> rather than literally be chest to back or groin to arse with the person in front of you and behind you. I probably yeah, well, just... I think that's the thing, is that if you're a reasonably um big, big guy then big lad. Kind of <laughs> it was the one thing that always makes me laugh when I get people sort of tucking and trying to walk through me in like London tube stations or like again, not done that for years with the pandemic mm-hmm. But um we used to get that and there'd be some, you know, someone that foot smaller than me, sort of like, it's like well, if you want to play that way, I'll yeah. happily walk through you. We'll see who comes off best. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, gen- I consciously try and, try and avoid that sort of thing and get out of your yeah, way. Yeah, so if you're going to try and walk into me, then that's fine. We can play that that way if you prefer. We'll see who comes Oh, off. no, but the thing is, unlike the Indian road systems, which have the rule the might is right, so the biggest vehicle has right of way, um, that's not the case for uh, commuters in uh, British train stations or tube stations because I would would imagine that if someone was just walking towards me and I just went, oh, I see, game of chicken, is it? And uh, I then just ploughed them down and ran them over, (laughs) then I would probably get in trouble Somehow. No, no, agree. No, Even no, if it was the other person's fault. But those are the thoughts going through my head when somebody's yeah. tutting at me and trying to walk through me. Just, just, chuck, just chuck them on the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Having a bad day, I guess. <laughs> I feel sorry for the driver, I'll be honest with you. All right, and here's a, yeah. a final one. A Pauline Brickrom that says if it happens three times in a month, they get a payoff. Oh, nice. So, I think I, I actually already mentioned this on the podcast. I think it was. A, no, you uh, haven't. I've not seen it all the way through, but it was a film starring Mackenzie Crook called Three and Out. Oh, right. About half an hour into it. So they do it. So they try and... I've no idea whether it's true or not, but basically he's, he's in two accidents 
Mm. He, he's involved in two accidents, and then his mates, a British character actors, come over and tell him that, oh, you know, if it happens a third time in a month or something, then they have to pay you off officially. Mm. Like with a so then he tries to set, and he convince someone to, to commit suicide or something. I, yeah, I imagine the hilarious pitch black comedy is that he finds somebody who's suicidal and yeah. convinces them to. Doesn't sound like a particularly ripe area for a hilarious comedy. And I'm pretty sure because we've generally asked it, presumably there's some sort of romance element as well. Well, Mackenzie Cook, I could see Mackenzie Cook and Gemma Arston together. Yeah, they seem like a couple that you'd see in real life. Right, so this is, here's one. Don't show affection in public. So, so on one hand, squeeze as close as possible up to strangers, but don't show affection in public. That's why, because they're all distance get very unnerving neil there is a joke that it's okay to piss in public but not to kiss in public in india unfortunately there's truth to it why you think because it rhymes in english i wonder if it rhymes in uh, hindi uh i don't know i mean a lot of, a lot speak english as a second language yeah i suppose it could be a well, yeah. So while you may think nothing of holding your partner's hand in public or even hugging and kissing them like we do when we go uh, when we go at the Audi. Yeah. Um, it's not appropriate in India. Indian society is conservative, particularly the older generation. Such personal acts are associated with sex and can, and can be considered obscene in public. You came up with a Kama Sutra. Uh, moral policing does occur. While it's unlikely that as a foreigner you'll be arrested, it's best to keep affectionate gestures private. And there you go, Neil. Oh. When in Rome, as they say? Yeah. Um, holding hands seems a bit... Yeah, a bit I mean, holding hands. Yeah. Well, That's there an we overly go. Thing. But again, I think you've got... Well, to an extent, I think you've got to be um, sensitive to the mores of the place that you're in. But, um, but I... Yeah. I don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, you want to say you can't hold hands in the hotel lobby or something or kiss in the hotel lobby. That'd be ridiculous. But, um, you know, I suppose if you're out at a sort of I don't know. What? Religious festival. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it just makes me like, all right, this is a completely different thing. And it's, this is this is far more of a reason. Well, I don't know. This is far more of an obvious ask. But it's, when, if you've ever been to um, to Rome and go to St Paul's and the amount of people, and they've got, the thing is they're really clear on it now. There's big signs up saying you can't come in with that shorts. Huh? Can't come but in with shorts. You're not allowed to come in with shorts, basically. Because well, the shins, because the shins are the, um, it's where the devil are the, lurks. It's where the devil lurks in the human body, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Shins and ankles. Well, I mean, the thing is, you can agree or disagree, but at the end of the day, that's their rule. But the thing is, you know, it is what it is. It applies to everyone. It's not... I I went to Rome, but I didn't bother going in because I couldn't be asked. Yeah, if you want to go to any of these places where you've got a queue for fucking hours, which I have done, but it's just... Well, not the... Assisting chapel and stuff, it's worth it. Not my favourite building, though, which is the uh, Pantheon. Yeah, the Pantheon's nice. I mean... Yeah, but you don't need to queue there. You just go in. That's, no, um, the Pantheon is generally um, just easy to get into, and you can. Um, I mean, it's lovely as well. You can walk all around the outside of it and stuff. It's just if you. Yeah, that's, I went around the Basilica and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. didn't go in. I was worried that I'd just burst into flames on a cross threshold. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Like one of those Nazis off of Indiana Jones when they opened the Ark of the Covenant, or you just like brought away like the geezer, which is obviously at the, the Basilica. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so what? Short shorts. Yeah, but you're not you're not allowed you know you're not allowed to go in with shorts. But the amount of you know irate people who are getting turned away, 
often American, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of English as well. Um, but yeah, but it's um, mm. just not, not, from not a very Catholic country. <laughs> oh no, 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 I just mean the fact that it's kind of like yeah. Oh, but I, what do you mean? I can't come in my shorts. How dare you tell me? I've been queuing up for like an hour, and it's like yeah. there are huge signs up, literally telling yeah. you, just don't. Everyone knows it's in all the guidebooks. You know, put some fucking trousers on. I go um, if I went in, I'd go in in really, really tight, um, flesh-coloured uh, leggings, flesh-coloured leather pants. Yeah, no, just le- leggings, but um, going commando underneath as well. To leave very little to the imagination. Well, go, nah, didn't say I couldn't. I haven't carried out, but yeah, my plan would be I'd get um, a pink sequins like thong and mm-hmm. just get some of those tear-offs. What do you mean, get? Yeah. Where? Use I, one of your, use one of one your of extensive collection. Pick, pick out from my walk-in wardrobe, which just exists for <laughs> just, thongs. Just for that. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the pink sequins ones. Which one um, of the walk-in wardrobes which simply exists for thongs? Um, you know, a, B or C? Wing B. Um, wing B, wing B, and floor, yeah, floor two, and then floor um, two. and then 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 go to the one next door. So one of the yeah. older ones, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've had the longest, haven't I? Um, and then get some of those tear off trousers that they have the strippers have. Mm. And then as soon as you get to like the the Peter the, the statue, just yeah, yeah. You can leave your hair. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Preferably my phone's playing as. Yes. And then you could get into a really kind of fun, embarrassing, like rolling around on the floor fight with one of the Swiss guards. Yeah, it'd be my hilarious um, <laughs> knock his hat off like TikTok video. Cover, your, cover yourself in butter I'm an before you go in. This is my job. You're slipping around. <laughs> well, I'm all oily up, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. good. And the thing is, as well, they, they complain about that. I say, well, that's just Greco-Roman wrestling, isn't it? That's all of the most <laughs> famous ancient athletes. I mean, let's face it, you've been banging on about the last 2,000 years all over town here, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, hey. all, all I'm trying to do is just bring us back to a little bit of uh, Asian. Don't you know your own history guy? Yeah. I'm doing a bit of Greco-Roman wrestling to praise God. Yeah. What's your problem? He gave me the goods. I just... <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the goods and I'm doling them out. He gave me plentiful goods and I'm supplying the Romans. Supply the demand. <laughs> what, you a communist? <laughs> They don't like religion, you know. Mm. Well, watch, watch your step. <laughs> Rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. Lovely. Anyway, fair enough. <laughs> so there you go, then. There's some uh, uh, advice there from Trip Savvy. Vacation like a pro. Yes. Well, it's, uh, that's interesting, actually, because I didn't know those things. So uh, I would like to go and visit India, actually, very much so. so uh, I, I, would, I would like to visit India until I read the stuff about people jumping the queue, and now I don't ever want to go there. I wouldn't put me. I think, I think we should cut all ties. <laughs> well, that's fine, because you can push it yourself then, can't you? I think it'd be quite refreshing to be very un- unbridled. No, you can't push it yourself, though, because it's, it's not built in. They do that. I remember when... We went skiing with school, um, and there was uh, like queuing for the ski lifts, and mm. just like like Italian men 
would just push kids, like little kids, like five-year-olds and stuff, out of the way and pushing the queue and stuff. I was like, what is going on here? Obviously, I was about 14 at the time, so I was bigger than an Italian man. So I just pushed back until they fell over. <laughs> but it was like, it was just like unbelievable that they would... I mean, that's that, a bit that naughty, but... Um... No, I mean, but it's... Yeah, but we're skiing, guy. It is the etiquette in each country. Swish, swish. Yeah, you, you get on a bus in Rome and that is it, just fight for your place, basically. There's no queue. Everyone... Because the thing is, it's not even like, you know, like we're just queuing neatly outside the bus. It's it, it just a scram going towards the doors and just trying... Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Um, orderly form an orderly queue, Romans. Yeah, just... I'll get really passive-aggressive. <laughs> Follow the British man. Uh, I don't know. Key, keys, I think, are an efficient way of making things work. But hey, that they are oh, an way for you. Uh, uh, what can you say about that, eh? Well, we have such an amazing, vibrant economy and brilliant democracy to work it out fucking brilliantly. Neil, I believe this week one of the reasons you're actually uh, you've come over from Zamunda oh, is doing that. Cool. Well, not really. We, not really. But we knocked that one on the head quietly about half an hour ago. Nah. Fair enough. Uh, so one of the reasons you come over was to uh, look into this particular legend. Is that correct? That's entirely. That's entirely correct. Yeah. Lovely. And what legend would that be? Now you're. Now you're asking. Let me just go and see the person. Just get him to. Uh... <laughs> so no. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna hand over now because obviously you know the royal presence doesn't. Um, doesn't condescend to stay on podcast. Are you handing I'm over to your English cousin? Yeah, he's an English guy. He's called, funny enough, called Neil Herbert as well. Um, oh, nice. Well, he's just called Neil Herbert. He's... Oh, no, it's you, Neil. Yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. All right, mate. How are you doing? You've been yeah, working yeah, from right, this, mate. working for this king? Yeah, just trying out something different. Do you know what I mean? He's a yeah, bit sneaky. The, mo- the, um, the motorbike gang that working out for you? No, <laughs> no. One of my many fair adventures. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Heard your Yuri Geller got banned for um, for speeding in a Nando's car park. He's a nightmare. Oh, he just, well, he's an outlaw, isn't he? Born he and bred. Rules don't apply to that guy. And do you know, I think the thing is, if you know, if you're if you've got veins filled with adrenaline like he has, then and and, and anti authoritism. Yeah, he's it's oh. in the bone for him. But it's just you know, I was just I was just fronting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just got to realise. Where's Yuri Geller from? Um, I believe he's Israeli. Israeli, he is Israeli. That's yeah, right. Because he he's because can... you'd think that he was Croatian or something, but he's actually. Well, I'm not sure. I don't. You no, know, he is Israeli. Yeah, I think he came over from Israel, and then but I think he lived in Europe for ages, and then I'm not sure when he came over to Britain, but like back in the 60s or 70s or something. Yeah, and he lived. Um, he lived in a little two berth caravan on the Neverland Ranch for a little while, didn't he? Yeah. Just um, bind bind the monkey enclosure. I mean, he's a big, big friend of, uh, of Michael Jackson, obviously. Huge. Not Best friend. Not the, the hangers-on, just no. desperately leeching from his fame. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, respect the grift and all that. Fair enough. Only if it's in leverage. <laughs> the, hit, the hit TV show. Well, have you seen the new one yet? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've watched them all. What's it on? Uh, internet streaming services. <laughs> oh. uh, no, because what it is is it's on it's on this thing called IMDb 
video, I think it's called. And so what IMDB have done is they started, because of their notoriety, I guess it's a well-known website, they thought, ah, let's try and do something different. And they started making original programming. Yeah. Um, But Amazon Video bought it, IMDB Video. Yeah. So basically, Leverage Redemption is on Amazon Prime, but only in America. You can't see it in the UK at all. Um, So I've maybe watched it through, let's call it, let's call it, an alternative streaming service. Oh, your friend in America with a sling box. You, um, you made yeah. that, that has an international agreement. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes yes, sense. Yes, I watched it through that. Yeah. yeah, okay. I paid. I paid the rights that were required. Good to know. Good to know. Um, Everything is all the t's are crossed and the lowercase j's are dotted. No reason Let's to, just get, put it that way. to get involved from his absolutely laser us down. No reason at all for anyone to look any further into this. Um, it may have gone through several shell corporations. That's just that's a, that's a, a tax thing that I do not wish to go into and legally don't have to. No. But let's just say the. It's not tax avoidance; it's tax minimisation. Perfectly. The money was the money was paid, and let's just say the cost of investigating it would actually mean that you'd lost money on the deal. So what? I'm just not that there's anything to investigate, but just the way that I've got it set up. Chris, everyone knows you you're know. the biggest fan of copyright around. That's why you've got that copyright tattoo on your uh, yeah on, your on my cheek. <laughs> One on my cheek. I've got copyright written. I've got trademark on my on my cheek underneath my eye, like a tear tattoo, and I've just got copyright written on my forehead. Like, you're like the Blake from Memento. If it was just more obsessed with copyright rather than who murdered his wife. Copyright law, yeah. In case you ever do have anterior grade amnesia, so you can remember to respect copyright law. In case you inadvertently. Exactly, yeah. so and I've got say, um, say for example, you know, tape something off of the TV when it's copywritten. You wouldn't do, you know, yeah. Wouldn't do Just that. Find people, don't do it. Put your VHS exactly. tapes to less criminal uses. Uh, I've got um, also on my chest, full size of my chest. Anyhow. I've got uh, got Creative Commons yeah. written on there, <laughs> just to remind me um, to always release my stuff as Creative Commons. You're open source, aren't you? I am open source in every single way, physically and emotionally. And creatively. So have I given you enough time yet to look up Merlin's Oak? I was just trying to <laughs> desperately think of a segue to clear on to from somewhere there. I, I almost managed to link um, Jeff Bezos to uh, an angry wizard, but... Uh, Merlin. We moved on. <laughs> so, yeah. He's... Not really a segue kind of deal here now. No, fair enough. We're a lot more jarring. <laughs> but later, just maybe from right angles, one, one subject to another. Right, so the subject we're going to talk about today, and we're going to go Mm. back, back into the realms of British history. Um, Yeah, we're going to be talking about Merlin, specifically Merlin's Oak. Merlin's Oak? Mm. Is it Merlin's Oak, Chris? No, I don't know that I have. I hadn't either until I was doing it. Obviously, you know, I like to do a bit of research into Arthurian legend, keep uh, keep myself sharp on that. Keep yourself sharp for all those Renaissance fairs that you go to. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) 
I'd like to know that my dialogue is, is technically impeccable. I think you'll find <laughs> your next one's invented into the century. Why are these why are these men drinking ale? Ale was not invented until the eleventh century. They should be drinking honey meat. Or wine. Wine and vinegar, like the Romans. Well that's the thing, is made is it a bit is it ale or is it wine? Meat. Yeah. It's just made, it's its own thing, baby. Oh, no, yeah, no, exactly. You no, sort of such trying to box it in. Honey beer or honey wine, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. I refer to you as honey bear. Oh, that's a different kettle of fish. So, <laughs> you've heard of Merlin, obviously. We're all I have. He um, produced all those stickers in the 90s. Yes. He, you know, we don't need to um, We don't need to sort of revisit um, Arthurian legends. Um, we, all, we all know he was uh, Arthur's wizard. Um, but what's not so many people will be familiar with, actually, he's he's traditionally associated. I mean, like a lot of things um, from King Arthur are sort of now associated with parts of Wales. Um, so Merlin's hometown apparently was Carmarthen. Carmarthen, nice. Yeah, in Wales. Got a nice castle, isn't it? Mm, so I hear. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful stuff in Wales, to be fair, and a lot of history. So this is a... Um, a tree that's been stood for thousands of years in the village of Camarthen. Mm. And it's been linked to to the, the wizard Merlin uh, with a legend that when the oak shall tumble down, then shall fall Camarthen town. That's not quite as bad as if the ravens leave the Tower of London and England will fall, is it? It's more localised. I think it's because he wasn't like he wasn't King Arthur, so he didn't have as well, maybe. Do you know what? Maybe he's just less. You know, he's just a little bit more got a bit more humility. You know, to keep it localised. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't want the fall of uh, of the entire country just because. Uh, and also, it's just his tree. But he's sick of the people of Camarthen. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Do you reckon that was it? He got he got yeah. served some really bad mead there once, or it's just he grew up there and it was really stifling, and he because. You know, they're, they're, they're proud of their uh, their styles in Wales as well, that they should be. You know, I imagine mm-hmm. Shane gets a bit of praise when he goes back, for example. Um, or Timothy Dalton, to name name, name but two. Um, yeah, you reckon when, Mer- when Merlin was back in Carmarthen, they were probably all over it, really got a bit stifling. Yeah, I know that... Um, yeah, hometown hero and all that. Yeah, I know my uncle Bob when he's in... Because he lives in Wales, yeah. just outside Swansea, because he's Welsh as well as Crastus, he's Welsh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he um, he gets carried around the, the village, gets carried on, um, on a little plinth. On a plinth, yeah. On a little, yeah, a little plinth. And uh, showered with daffodils, probably. Yeah, that, daffodils or dragons. Dragons, <laughs> dragons. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, they they do they they look after their own. That's for sure. Yeah, quite right. Not like not like us Southerners. That's quite right. Quite right. Too. I'm having a look at Merlin's Oak here. I mean, it's, it's not like, that impre- it's not very impressive. Are you looking at the modern one? Because it no, the the original no longer stands on the spot. So, oh, okay. So it's the odd. Are you looking at one that basically looks like a tree that was planted about ten years ago? No, it's, it's no, I'm looking. Grow. I'm looking at one which looks like it's uh, growing out of a statue base. So I think that is the original one. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a very it's a very small tree. 
yeah, to be, well, that, again, to you be know, thousands of years old. You know, Merlin's not bragging. <laughs> He's got it down there. If you want to have a look, he doesn't need. He doesn't. He doesn't need. But did he plant the oak or did he turn into the oak? Well, we we don't. We simply don't know how he's associated with it. Maybe he just grew it himself. Maybe it's got nothing to do with him. We'll come on to that. <laughs> but according to the locals, um, you know, this, yeah. this was all part of. So, so Merlin supposedly comes from Carmarthen, and I believe actually Camargo. that's part of the um, etymology in, in the Welsh or Brythonic um, that the original name for Carmarthen um, is derived from the Welsh or Brythonic Merlin, town. Merlin, yeah, Merlinville or something. I would imagine this is Melanopolis. So I don't quite know how it became associated, or it's not recorded how it became associated with him, but it was a really popular meeting place for local people because um, it's a nice, quiet area. Do you want to go down, do you want to go down Merle Oak? Yeah, go down Merlin's tree, go and have a party. Go down Merle Oak. Yeah, with some cans down Merle Oak. Maybe play a game of cricket. Old no, it's, uh, yeah. Let's go down, uh, let's play a bit of football down Merle Oak. I've got a pig's bladder. Yeah, well, that's some meat. Right old time. Well, that's some daffodil wine down Merle Oak. So, yeah, so it was, it was so okay. So, this Merlin's Tree, important place for people to meet up, but not everyone likes that, Chris, because there's one neighbor around there. He got a little bit noisy for him. So, he uh, he poisoned the tree. Oh, what a dickhead. <sighs> What a pro- no, that's just something we'll talk about antisocial. Yeah. I mean, when did this happen? When did he poison the tree? Um, would have been around 17th century, by the looks of it. Oh, right. Yeah, so not recently. Like people, people made gathering there. So I'm why is the tree so from... recent then, the one they've got there now? We'll, we'll come on to that in a second. Come on but, to um, that. Yeah. It's probably, well, it, might, it was probably it in the big storm of 87. Because Merlin's apparently been associated with it since the, with the old oak since the 19th century. And um, supposedly he still sleeps under the hill close by the original location. Yeah. Um, Not been up to much recently. He did, well, he's, a, he's been hibernating for quite a while. We, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not a world of, of, of belief and, and myths and legends anymore. So. Do you think that's what powers him? Yeah, it's like that kind of... Children's like, wishes! Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe he's just seen it old, you know what I mean? He's just sick of it. Yeah, look, I United. I United. mistakes all over again. Okay, and now, uh, now I'm having a kip. Been there, done that. I'm going to have a few. few until I needed, there. until I needed again. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, you know, I'm sure when the realm needs... Berlin 2, electric boogle. Yeah, him and Arthur. <laughs> like an oh. like anime thing. Like one of those amazing double acts. So this so the tree's been poisoned, and then um, that starts dying off. And... Uh, so eventually, um, in 1978... It just shows you there's always been pricks around, doesn't it? Well, it, it does, because, um, yeah, you just kind of... I mean, history doesn't record who this person was. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty... Abrupt. I hope he was clubbed to death. Well, I, I reckon I reckon Merlin had something to say about that, to be honest with you. Well, the thing is, like, um, it's like people... This, this is like an old version of what happened in Brighton in the mid-noughties, which is... Everyone wanted to move down to Brighton. Well, I mean, everyone venues that made it good. Yeah, yeah, because they wanted to come down because of its vibrant music scene and that kind of stuff. And then they bought houses near live music venues, which were cheaper, and music venues that had been there for twenty, thirty years. 
and then complained and complained and complained to the council until the venues had to close down, and now there's hardly any live music venues. That's a similar thing to what this twat's doing, isn't it? Quite analogous, yeah, it is, you know. Uh, there probably was, you know, amongst the groupings, I can imagine there probably was some some bards doing a little bit of... Yeah, I heard uh, Oasis did their first paid gig at Merlin's Oak. Yeah, that's what was like led them on the way to Nedworth. <laughs> one could never have happened without the other. Uh, but all these, yeah, he's probably one of the really early nimbies. I assume it would be. 100%. Of course he is. Well, and you would imagine that the tree was there before he moved there. Of course or it was. Inherited the house or whatever. Yeah. You took advantage of cheap property prices in Carmarthen, mm-hmm. and then you don't want to don't deal with the local means, which is what makes Carmarthen what it is. Exactly. This tree is the beating heart of this town. Yeah. Very where we all where we all meet our future uh, wives and husbands. Firstly, the tourist trade in about three hundred years' time is going to really be reliant on this Merlin yeah. crap that we're spinning out of this. <laughs> it it probably was even then. then. It might have been. Yeah. Do you reckon yeah. there was a there was a roaring trade and people going to see Merlin's Oak? Well, okay. again, I mean, the whole Arthurian legend stuff really only. Only got, um, or should we say, into the public consciousness rather than made up on the spot in the sort of 16th, 17th century, didn't it? During Ooh. the time, during when um, chivalry was all the was all the rage. That's when it all got written. Like well, kind of mostly, the times. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was. He. I mean, King Arthur was probably a real person, but he would have been a British Roman warrior chief probably in the fifth century. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all of the stuff that was done in was pretty much put in by the... Fr- I mean, the earliest tales, I believe, were done by the Welsh. It's probably John de, de Montfort or some shit. John de Beaufort. Oh, there was... I think I've got this Got this on here. John, of Mon- so, John de Monmouth? I don't know. John de no, something. Was, was it Geoffrey of Monmouth? Who wrote Geoffrey of Monmouth. The earliest um, British histories. Yeah, um, that's him. Yeah, he just made it all up. What... what so well, yeah. I mean, in terms of the real, the real world um, side of things. So, yeah. Well, I mean, how, <laughs> that, 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 that's what making stuff up is. No, okay, in terms so of if it's different to the real didn't come thing. From whole cloth from him. So there was there was the original person, and then mm. the Welsh bards. I think were sort of like they, they were the earliest ones who were doing the towers. And then I think it was I think it was I think it was Geoffrey of Monmouth. I think was the guy who wrote that um, British history, and he had King Arthur in there. And then the French picked it up and they added in all of the chivalry stuff. Because actually, yeah, everything about the sort of like, you know, the knights and jousting and all of that sort of so jousting, but all the, all of the chivalrous stuff yeah. is very much kind of like 13th, 14th century French kind of... Um, yeah, chivalric um, tradition. Yeah, yeah, but lineage and stuff like that. So that that was kind of added in by them as the kind of like the modern day, which very much like kind of like taking something and putting it, modernising it now, you know. Well, what they kind of did was... Like they wanted being <laughs> Jane Austen in nineties California. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, but what they were, what they kind of wanted to do is make the history of the English crown seem kind of almost mythological, mythological, and kind of uh, like. Well, I think they wanted I to know, give some like lineage to the whole notion of chivalry as well, and lineage and all this kind of stuff, rather than what it really was, which is just people like just killing their way to the top. Because yeah, that's 
you know, but it's like you know people who think that you know if people don't follow religion, everyone will be bad because the only reason that you'd want to be moralist so you can get into heaven. I think it's yeah. you know the same thing with chivalry to actually try and get people to buy into the concept and to sort of not slaughter their enemies. You know, because you know a lot, a lot of times you could you could probably be involved in one of those battles and then just get ransomed off and then they'd be back fighting for the next one if you've got enough money. Yeah. You don't want people hacking you to pieces. So, um, well, I suppose there was a financial incentive for that as well, more, more to the point. But, um, yeah, no, I think it was just trying to buy into that whole... Well, it's, it, the similar thing happens, I mean, when you read about, um, you know, Bushido and all of that sort of thing in, in Japan. I mean, people reckon... Warrior like, traditions, not, like, basically... Yeah, well, you know, like kind people... of like, yeah, all of these, like, the Honourable Samurai and all the rest. They reckon they were far more mercenary than was pointed out in the kind of... Yeah. The codes were all written in the sort of, like, 18th, 19th century. It was like yeah, when, when, when warriors are kind of at the top of society, there tends to be, like, a military or uh, warrior traditions and stuff that we kind of come in. how that pans out, and it doesn't generally tend to be the best for the people when you put the general of the army in charge of the country. No. I mean, I'm sure some people probably are quite fond of the Pinochet regime, etc. And uh, well, everyone loves it. I mean, modern examples, yeah, exactly. So uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe not the best for uh... no. Yeah, and then you've got obviously, um, uh, what's his face? Was it Thomas Mallory? Did Lamont Darfa, which I attempted to read when I was at university. One of the most boring that? books. Were you on acid? Uh, sadly, not. No, I wish I had been. It would have been a bit more. No, it was um, it was back back in my period of trying to sort of read some classics, and um, yeah. to be fair, a lot of it is quite good. But you know, and I like I'd like the Fury Legend. I really like Excalibur, that that film they made in the eighties. It's good fun, and um, <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll, I'll read this Thomas Mallory. The battle scenes are just the most boring that you could ever imagine. Are they more boring than when you're reading a Russian classic and they talk about uh, the? peasants in the field and the proletariat for seven or eight chapters. Yeah, because Tolstoy's got some theory about yeah. how he thinks it. Well, he, you know <laughs> yeah. Tolstoy actually did try and run a farm and it didn't work out too well for him. But anyway, we'll get on to that another time. But, um, yeah, we probably won't. His theory, yeah, his theory didn't translate to practice too successfully. Um, I've forgotten where we were, but basically, yeah. It's, he poisoned it. It's, it's, some, some days poisoned an egg. Okay, yeah. And Effectively, um, it starts. It's just dying off over time. But Merlin's made it very clear that either the you know the town will fall down, or, or a lot of other people claimed that. Um, either the t- or, or the, it was also in legend that, that there would be floods. If a tree um, dies, you die. Yeah, exactly. Basically, fuck with the, Merlin said, "Fuck with a tree, yeah. coming for you." You know, yeah, I'm coming for you with my magic. So seventy eight, they've actually had to sort of it, the last bit of it's fallen down. They've actually had to chop it down and sort of like they put a bit of it into a museum somewhere. Yeah, I seen um, that picture. Yeah, I think it's on the BBC. When did this person poison it? Then you said seventeen something, but it, it must be nineteen. I, I completely made up that date because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, that was dying for a while. Yeah, well, I think if, I mean, you, if it was saying seventeen hundreds, then it was replanted. Well, the thing is, you could you can kill a tree off, can't you? And it'll stay because I mean, all of the um, like trees go from, grow from the ground up. So what? They're pretty much. I mean, this is news from this is news for me. I thought they I thought they grew down from the clouds. No, but all of the out, like, the external. I mean, the outside of the tree is all dead. It's just dead anyway, isn't it? It's just it's really a vehicle for carrying water up to the top to the leaves and stuff. The capillary. Well, it's not dead. So you can tell if a tree. Well, yeah, I mean, like the bark is basically dead cells. Yeah, bark it's is. Just, yeah, but not the internal bit. No, it's basically just a pipe for 
carrying, as I say, water up to the to the rest. The growth is happening on the the tips where the leaves and stuff. Yeah, are that's where the growth is happening. But... Growth is happening. Um, but if you cut so into anyways, if you cut into a tree, then it's you can tell if it's dead or alive. Yeah, because it'd be green in the very centre. Green, it's anyway, got look, sap. The point is, you could kill off a tree, yeah, and it would stand for ages after. Oh, it still stands, so, yeah. It's got good foundation. Yeah. Maybe you didn't successfully poison it. I don't know. Um, but the point is... I'm hearing a lot be... of I don't knows here, now. I don't oh. feel you've done your research. The king won't be happy. <laughs> Listen, Arthurian <laughs> legend is, by its nature, a bleak. There are many facets, some contradicting. So, Sketchy. you know... So the tree... Sketchy, the, poorly evidenced. The tree... Poorly <laughs> <laughs> poorly read it out, <laughs> poorly enunciated. Unreliable narrators. <laughs> you know, we're very much unreliable narrators of podcasts. You, you might be, I'm not. Oh, obviously, you tell the truth. I'm like John Craven or yeah. something like that. That's some, that's some big shoes you're trying to fill there, Chris. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Big so feet. Like Got big, yeah. big presenting feet. So you say, we'll see how that pans out. Well, I don't um, actually have feet. I had my feet replaced, didn't I, of course, with um, well, you, robotic you, hands. Oh, I thought, you know, I thought you'd bound them like a, like a Japanese lady. Well, that's why I had to have them removed yeah. and have the robotic hands put on there, which is useful. Well, you starred, you've been a hand model or foot model, I should say, for um, three Terminator movies now, haven't you? <laughs> I have indeed, yeah. And the terrible when ones, And a Terminator... Yeah, when you see it, when you, it. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was. Uh, you look at CGI in real life as he does on film. Very waxy skin, very waxy yeah. skin. Um, kept grabbing my ass, of course. Of course it did. Um, <laughs> look, that's how he shows you lunch. Yeah. <laughs> said he was going to. I feel like you were saying, you know, just reading out that earlier. He said he was going to terminate my virginity. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm not a virgin. He went, you are to Arnie. <laughs> um, That's with banter. Yeah, it was, yeah. I put, yeah it what was. man's inappropriate behaviour? <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I was a bit quicker than him, so I managed to um, get myself out of the out of the trailer quite sharpish. Um, but, you know, I did get... Um, blacklisted for a lot of Hollywood parts after that, <laughs> and a lot of US political campaigns. But um, I'm hoping, you know, what with the Me Too movement, hopefully, you know, my main, my uh, my robot, my robot hands feet might might start getting the nod again for a few films if uh, if required. Maybe maybe a re- reboot of Short Circuit or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that, I could I could see that going down well in the modern world. Presumably, Fisher Stevens won't be reprising his role as the Indian scientist. No, I believe he's playing a Nigerian doctor in this one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> not quite got the point there. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, this will be fine then. It was the Indian thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. No, probably a Hindi thing. Probably a case thing they didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Consider Canadians untouchables. <laughs> So, tree may or may not have been poisoned in somewhere I mean, between the seventeen. There's, there's, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to this story. Seventeen hundreds and the nineteen seventies. <laughs> somewhere between five hundred AD and two thousand AD, yeah. a tree was poisoned. That's possibly, possibly poisoned because some people liked to get around it, and someone didn't like that. 
There's no record of this. <laughs> but okay, so now, so so that's and that is kind of um, that's the crux of today's urban myth. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm not that's, sure. I'm not sure I did right by allowing you to pick one. The foundations <laughs> of this house that we're, that we're attempting to build. I don't have to mind it for fuck's sake. Right, okay. Unlike all good foundations, we're just trying to tip some rubbish in there. <laughs> some dead bodies. Save ourselves some time and money. Yeah, very much the uh, Amelda Marcos um, Foundation building. Um, <clears throat> right, so, so at some point this tree is poisoned because somebody doesn't like his neighbours knocking around it. Mm. And um, in 1978, more or less, um, they'd, ha- they'd finally had to take it down. I don't know. It was... Presumably, all those people still gathering around outside it, and it was becoming a a menace and was about to fall over or something. Who knows? Who knows why? Um, who can tell? It's Arthurian legend. It's covered in, in mist and fog. Um, and here's the thing: because they, you know, they had said, you know, the two things around either the, um, you know, the fall of Carmarthen Town or, or some it had been interpreted as well as, as flooding. Mm. Now, here's the interesting thing, Chris. The biggest floods in living memory occurred shortly after they took the tree down from the original spot. Ooh. And I was looking it up, and it's been being flooded ever since. Really? So 1978, they had floods. In seventy in 87, during the uh, hurricane. you remember the uh, hurricane in 87? I do remember. I, I slept through it. Yep, yeah, so likewise. Um, I did. And it, it um, yeah, that, so that that caused a load of floods in uh, in Carmarthen as well. In fact, uh, you know, Carmarthen was more or less underwater um, after the '87 hurricane. And if you you actually look up, you know, there's still there's still flooding to this day um, at, in Carmarthen. So 2020-21, you know, there's been loads of flooding as well. Well, I mean, they were warned. Yeah, well, they were told, don't you know, keep the tree. It seems reasonable, doesn't it? You know, and. I mean, the one, one thing is... One thing, one thing I want you to do... One thing you've got to do for Merlin, after everything I've done for you... Is, and do you know what? A tree doesn't need a lot of looking after. Just don't poison it. <laughs> Not when it's been there for hundreds of years. Just, I mean, literally, I mean, all really, in a way, I'm just seeing the protection of Carmarthen. I'm, what I've done here is, I've, you know, I've got this tree in place. I mean, granted, it was only planted, apparently, in 1659... By a school when guy. Charles, Charles II came to the throne. Um... Presumably by Merlin, because he can presumably travel through time. You would think so. That would be one of his many skills. I don't think it matters that it was planted, you know, a thousand years after, or more than a thousand years after Merlin was supposedly knocking around. Um, So, yeah, he probably just, you know. And I think it's claimed he even moved backwards through time, so maybe he did that before he met King Arthur. Who knows? But anyway, he'd he'd let them know, and now now they're suffering all sorts of floods. You know, some would blame this on... um, Climate change? No. But, you know, the evidence suggests angry wizard. I mean, it's... Um, there's a lot of rivers around that area, by the looks of things. So a little looks... Yeah, I think I think there is a there is a local river which gets flooded over. River Towie. With increasing frequency. And, uh, yeah, River Towie is... So I think, you know, we, we come to an end of basically... That's it. ...of this action-packed... <laughs> That's all there was. Episode, yeah. Effectively, there was a tree that was planted. We've gone um, through that. I don't need. There's. It's two lines now. I don't need it told again. And it died. And then, but but but, the village is now getting flooded constantly, Chris. Yeah, isn't that terrifying? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of villages are getting flooded, aren't they? <laughs> um, so now... Well, I mean, did, did, did Merlin create climate change? I mean, it's just, I don't see any scientific proof that... Uh, he didn't. That he didn't, no. Like, you know, it's, it's, as, have, it's as good adjusted, as... It's as good a guess as any to why it's have happening. They adjusted, have they adjusted for wizardry in their, in their studies? <laughs> Maybe I, I, I believe that was, I believe that was one of the um, the pillars of Donald Trump's uh, climate yeah, strategy to try yeah. and force people to adjust for wizardry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I okay, they haven't that. even adjusted for wizardry. Great wizardry, maybe the best. <laughs> it is outstanding wizardry. Um, all right, and I, think, I, I think you'd be quite keen on dragging back quite a few things from the dark ages. Yeah, like sleeping with your own daughter, or, that kind or of thing. I got things right, let's put it. Yeah, hang, hang drawing in the courtroom. Like any, anyone who chats shit about Trump on Twitter, hang drawing in the courtroom. I don't think he would like... It's treason, technically, isn't it? No. Like, not voting for him? It's treason. <laughs> You see, the thing is, like, He's in charge, you see, so the thing is, all these people who, who were like, it would be better if we went back to the blah blah blah. The thing is, none of them actually would like that because, in reality, the people who think that tend to be quite weak people, and they mm. would just get absolutely beasted by pretty much ninety percent of people in the street. So they'd be, they wouldn't be alive if it was those days. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. bring it back. That's what I say. Um, there we go. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the lesson. Reach a consensus. That's how I bring together the left and the right. <laughs> Job done. I'm Mad Max style future problems now. Some kind of um, uh, medieval punk dystopian future. <laughs> well, the thing is, because stuff <clears> quite does medieval punk movies. happen yet? Is that well, a thing? Had, well, I don't know. Have you ever seen the film? I think it was called Doomsday. It no. was um, by the guy who made Dog Soldiers. So it's got Mad Max tribes in it and a load of people who live in Scottish castles and act like they're knocking around in Braveheart right. in the same movie. That sounds closest to what you're describing. So it's, it's a pick your own, choose your own dystopia, basically. You can go from cyberpunk, or no, well, not cyberpunk, no, sort of like you know, Mad Max, kind of like Duran Duran video kind of gangs yeah. in an urban setting. Or if you prefer a more rural, medieval setting, you can go and... Um, well, if so you'd like something that was with, uh, that was like Victorian London, but with like future stuff with uh, cogs and steam running computers, that's what I'd like. I suspect you could set that up yourself somewhere else. Scotland's a big country, isn't it? Plenty of land. Um, <laughs> Why is it all happening in Scotland? <laughs> well, so, okay, so there's a plague that happens up in Scotland, and we rebuild Hadrian's Wall, but like right. 100 foot high with metal gates and shut them all in. Finally. Let them get on with it. Finally. Yeah, right, Nicholas Sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> probably more. <laughs> Nigel Farage probably more. Uh, so, so Neil, uh, this has been a fascinating and in-depth one. I'm surprised uh, this has this might have to go out as a three-parter um, because there's just so much to get through. Look, I didn't want to say this before. But this has actually been a backdoor pilot, Chris. I think this could be a new podcast. What's that? We could sort of really break this down, this 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 story, and you know, get into different asset, facets of it. Just the the, the Merlin just, Oak. just Merlin's Oak, Merlin's Oak, yeah, Merlin's Oak. You know, podcast. Every week we just explore a different a different part of it. 
<laughs> who was the man who poisoned the oak? Yeah. Can we can we track down the man who poisoned the oak? <laughs> what did they do around the tree? Why an oak? The history of trees in town centres. What, what else is in that museum where they've put the tree? Presumably nothing particularly interesting. It would be a haunted <laughs> doll. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. If Robert was there on loan. Oh, that is such a good... Oh, my God. Could you imagine if... Yeah, oh, man. We we should we should try and get, we should try and get some of these artifacts. Can you imagine you can get like a... Are you suggesting we become some kind of uh, urban legend promoters? Yeah. <laughs> Taking it on the road like a freak show? Because I'm in. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, if we could get like, um, it's like I went to see the, the Picasso Museum and they had like loads of like period, chronological periods throughout his life. Mm. You know, we could have, um, yeah, we could have Robert the Dull in one room, the Pascalator in another. Mm-hmm. Be amazing. Yeah, wow. Um, so, Neil, I'm loath to, but we will have to go through the Matrix. I'm assuming it's going to be a very high score this well, one. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a test of the uh, the algorithms. You've got to stress test them sometimes. Uh, and... Too much story here for it to work properly, but yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, um, I am going to be using simply uh, a random number generator, which uh... is, it, is it inside a wizard sleeve. <laughs> I wish no, but it's um, it's based on a steampunk contraption. So I've shoveled, some I've, I've shoveled some coal I've in. A bunch of unnecessary copper piping and a little <laughs> chimney. Yeah, that was me letting some steam off there. Yeah, um, yeah and it's going to, you know, like the... Uh, and then, and then that, a little skeleton with a monocle and a top hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> seven or something. <laughs> something out of a latter-day fucking... Yeah, but it's the, size, it's, it's the size of a room. Um, it's like what was the, what's that? Um, yeah. What's the one they've got in the science museum, which was like the first computer? But it's oh, gone. was that um, Charles Babbage's um, yeah. machine or not? Adding machine, whatever it's called, um, computer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got one of them Babbage machines, but I've um, steampunked it, so it's got a it's got a top hat it's on. Pretty steampunk already. Well, yeah. uh, do, you, do you mean you added a, a, a superfluous chimney? Yeah, yeah, and it's got monocle. Um, with a magnifying glass like slightly out in front of the monocle. Uh, and it's got... I, I've come to, I, I thought the got, aesthetic was like, fair enough. I think I'm going to hate it. When <laughs> what, now that I'm using it on a Babbage machine? <laughs> it's, just, it's just fucking... It's the more... I've never given any thought to the whole steampunk aesthetic. Mm. And the more I think about it, the more you know, pointless it is. Anyway. Yeah, but all That's aesthetic... Fine. Pointless all, things can be fun too. All aesthetics are pointless. <laughs> Everything oh, aesthetic is pointless. Or is always the point in the aesthetics. Well, then you could say the same thing for steampunk. There you go. Uh-huh. Right tied, tied yourself up into knots. Except not because I don't find them aesthetically pleasing. There you go. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're pointless. The fact that it displeases you means that you'll be pleased but more by me, something else. Like, I don't know, if you have a, have a look at a page three or something like that, <laughs> then, then, you know, that'll be more aesthetically pleasing after you've looked at some steampunk, so... That's the point. Why does God do bad things? Well, <laughs> same argument. Yeah, that's much my uh, that's my argument against God. What that's my thesis for the fact that steampunk exists? For <laughs> loving God. Now, well, invent steampunk. Now, because you've um, 
Chuck the Jesuits right up, I tell you. Because <laughs> no you because you've you've dragged the the unholy corpse of this urban legend uh, it's in like, front it's of like us. It's a homeopathic urban legend. Just it's in very small doses, very largely watered down. Right. It contains trace elements of spookiness. Uh, you can go first. Spookiness. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to give everything a 10 just to game this one. <laughs> that was a brilliant idea, honestly. Um, okay, so, yeah, I think I think, I think think there is a spookiness to this. <laughs> wow. Can't wait for this. <laughs> Firstly, you've got the mortal wizard who would get really angry if you disobey. Some fairly simple. Basically, a, a, a mortal and incredibly powerful wizard has asked you to water his plants while he's on holiday. Right. You couldn't even fucking do that, come on, could you? Right. So, so yeah. is there, is there ineptitude to spookiness? <laughs> well, no, just the concept, because, you know, inevitably when you're asked to do something that's really, you know, a really, you know, important task or a small task, but it's important because of the person that you're doing it for. So, like, um, so, like, so like for, for example, coming up with a good urban legend to record a podcast for, about... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, if, if I was doing that for somebody important, for instance, um, you know, you'd you'd you'd, um, you'd have that sense that you could you could let down, and then you, you know, getting on the wrong side of a um, was and it having implications for your entire town that they could get flooded because of this. Yeah, who the fuck am I kidding? This is a one. One. Yeah. So I'm going a bit higher than a one <laughs> somehow. So. Um, I thought this was going to be our first eight, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think um, I think the only thing which is spooky about this is that there was someone who killed a mighty oak, basically because they people were being a bit noisy, and I think that shows you. Well, I think NIMBYs are quite spooky because they basically hold up progress for the whole of humanity. And at the moment, we're at a time where we need progress and people going, no, don't put a wind farm there. I'd rather see the planet die, you know. I'm fine with it, but just don't put it in my backyard. (laughs) Yeah, or anywhere that I go or anything that I look at, anywhere that my eye line may possibly be. So um, I think that that's a bit spooky. Um, the fact that it's shown us how petty that humans are. So I'm going to give it a three. Believability. All right, I'll go first on this. So there was an oak there. That's yep. true. So that's believable. They've got a, there's a new oak there now. Um, it's sadly believable that it's poisoned, although it might have just been old. Uh, I can imagine it's believable that people hung around it. So far, so good. The bit of an old oak is in the museum. Brilliant. So far, so good. Sounded like a ten to me, Chris. However, was it? Didn't have enough steampunk elements for you. Exactly. <laughs> However, <laughs> where, was the, where was the where was the steampunk <laughs> element the steam? to it? <laughs> Why didn't it have a little train going round it? <laughs> Toot, toot. Um, <laughs> however, do I think it's anything to do with? Uh, do I think Merlin did it? Which was already blown out of the chimney because it was. <laughs> do I think Merlin did it? No. Do I? 
is it even like I mean it's not even old enough and it's it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, like on records that just some school teacher planted it so believability of it being Merlin's Oak no but I mean it does exist so for that reason it's getting a four because a lot of stuff doesn't even exist well, if we if we if we if you graded if you graded believability, believability fairly, then uh, you know tens all rounds. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Well, and you know, as far as the, the Merlin piece goes, if you can say, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, the tree existed. We know it existed. We know it's been around since Charles II's time. Um, I don't know. I mean, the chronology can you can you can you apply chronology to a time traveling wizard? Not so sure. Um, so I'm going to give this a five. Five? Fucking hell. You're pushing this one. Um, Reach, you go first. Reach. Um, yeah, I mean, because it latches onto Ethereum legend, I think, I mean, it's probably not one that's particularly well known. It's going to be known, of, obviously, in Carmarthen, but it had it did have a... It's got, it's got to... Town of over 500 people. It's got stories on Visit Wales. It's got um, stories on the BBC. It's got its own Wikipedia article. It's it's got a reasonable with reason. like two lines in it. <laughs> that's because there's all there is to say about it. To be honest with you, um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's reasonably well known. It's written. It's, it's it's kind of like, but it's not probably something that will necessarily engage the rest of the world or oh, really no you don't think it's a global it's, sensation well well authorian legend does go around the world and so it would be it's a bit like when you go the greek myths you know there's there's the big there's the big ones and then there's some of the some of them are a bit bit harder to remember because they're a bit of like how a juniper tree was created when somebody got chased by a swan and then fell over and turned into a tree or something um you know some That's of them actually, that sounds like a better one <laughs> Some of them aren't as memorable. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I, I think it, it'll. The thing is, it's it's part of um, it's part of the local myth. It's gonna it's gonna. All right. So, in terms of reach, yeah, it's, I think it's gonna persist. So, I can't give this a low score because it's you know it is it is wrapped up with the whole Arthurian legend, a lot of which is debatable, um, even if it's easily debunkable. So, I'm gonna give this a six. Okay, Reach, uh, I'd say it's pretty colloquial to South Wales. Um, I don't know of it being part of the Arthurial legend particularly. But then maybe I don't know enough about Arthurial legends. Who knows? I've certainly not studied it as deeply as you have, Neil. Um, I read half of that Thomas Mallory book. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect they talked about the oak tree at some point in there. I was, I was old at that point. Do you think they did, considering the oak tree was planted after this, after the book was written? Yeah, definitely. Merlin um, came back and told him about it. <laughs> so um, I don't think it's got a very big reach. I mean, it's got less of a reach than the black-eyed children, really. I mean, it's a small reach for me. I'm going to, I'm afraid. Mm. Fair enough. I think it'll have more posterity than the Black Eyed Children. Oh, why don't you ask your time-travelling wizard friends? Um, so, narrative premise. Uh, so, there's a bit of a premise there that 
Merlin planted a tree, despite the fact, well, if he time travels, which Neil's added into it. Um, Or maybe he planted it and then set a timer. Don't know. Don't know how wizard stuff works. Um, So, you know, there's that and pretty much a a bloke poisoned it. I guess that's part of the narrative. (laughs) But there's not a lot to get your hooks into here, really. Um, So, a place flooding, I guess. But, I mean, I'm going to have to go three now, I'm afraid. It's all right. It's it's not. I didn't. I didn't make the story up. The story's the story. I just. I'm starting to think I'm you nearly, did I'm with how little there is about it. <laughs> I nearly identified it. All I right. It. Come on then. For, for uh, narrative research. premise. Narrative premise. Um. Well, I think because it because it hangs its hat on the whole King Arthur thing, and you know, got Merlin involved. There's something there. Um, but yeah, there's not really much more you can say about this other than you know the village would get flooded afterwards. Um, I don't know. There might have been a lot of other catastrophes in Carmarthen that I'm not aware of um, that make it more spooky and more um, narratively interesting. But yeah, it, it's it's one of the minor kind of like bits of Arcana. Um, so I'm going to give it. Yeah, I think it probably a three as well. Okay. You know, if that's folklore for you, it can't all be big things. That is, you know, and as we always say, no matter how big or small urban legends slash myths, we investigate them all. That's the second time I've used that, Neil. Is it? Yeah. There you go. Continuity for you. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's... Are you, you angling for a... Um, yes. A Radio 1 DJ spot? Yeah, 100%. Got something in the Chris Moyes about you, I think. Yeah, well, I am increasingly putting on weight. Um, and if anyone is funnier than me, then I just turn their microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like that guy. Um, so, 27, that's got. That's, you know, I feel... Is it our lowest score? No, I doubt it, but I feel like you there would you be... Go. I think there you, you go, would be... Yeah. Probably more generous than you have been. I don't think I was. I don't think I was particularly high scoring at all. Mm. Well, you know, look, we just followed the science, Neil. Follow the science. Yeah. You're in, you're very clearly. You've been very impartial with this one. Oops. Not at all trying to save face. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter to me whether it comes bottom or not. Just you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Fantastic. So. Um, you know, if you're if you're hanging around a tree, having a bit of a natter with your friends, and a bloke threatens you with poison, uh, don't have nightmares. Got anything to add, Neil? No, I think you've summarised that perfectly. Lovely. All right. Well, uh, if you've uh, I I've spun it out about as far as I possibly could, to be honest with you've you, you've run out of words. <laughs> Yeah, I've none, none, none left to talk about an oak tree. So if you associated with a wizard, if you if you have any uh, legendary oaks around your area or anything else, I'll be honest with you, it's a fucking good job that guy did poison the tree. I still Yeah, you can contact us for anything at herb.legends.pod at gmail.com. And uh, that's it for this week's Urban Legends, and I will say goodbye.